Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. How's everybody doing today? Man, it's fantastic to see all you guys. Let's pray one more time and we will get rolling. So, Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. God, I just thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. And, Lord, that plan isn't isolated, God, it's not being apart from the body, but God, it's, it's interconnected, it's interwoven, God, that you've literally created our purpose, God, being connected with one another. And so, Lord, we just invite, God, the Holy Ghost to come and speak to us today. Lord, in fact, we just open up our hearts wide in this moment. We just ask that you would come and speak, God, come, that you would come and bring clarity to God, just our part, what you've called us to do, who you've called us to be. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that just in this moment, God, that we wouldn't let fear, that we wouldn't let excuses, that we wouldn't let anything, God, uh, just hold us back or keep us from fill, fulfilling your plan and your purpose for our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, the Word says that you're the teacher. We just ask that you would come and teach and uh, that you would lead and guide us in all truth. Thank you for the anointing. And thank you for speaking loud and clear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Listen, this morning, I, I kind of want to take a different approach than normal. I want to actually, if I could say it this way, today's going to be more like a family meeting approach. So I'm going to be, uh, you know, just hopping dad mode for a minute. So I won't holler at you like I holler at my kids. But anyway, so, so just, yeah, just, just family mode today. When, when we were, you know, in Mexico a few weeks ago, uh, you, you know, obviously we got down there in, uh, you know, really just unplugged from here. And, uh, but also, you know, when you're pastoring a church, you really never unplug from it, but, but it gave us a good chance to maybe unplug from the daily grind of everything that we do. And, and it gave us a chance to maybe kind of reflect, uh, reassess some things of kind of where we're at. So today I just kind of want to share some things with you that's been on my heart for some time. And I just feel like today's maybe an opportunity to share that. So if you're visiting with us today, once again, I want to stress this is a family talk. So hopefully you won't feel awkward, but you kind of get an idea of where we're running. So anyways, if you have your Bible, I want you to actually flip to a certain scripture with me. Jeremiah chapter six, Jeremiah chapter six. If you're taking notes, we're going to simply call this crossroads. We're calling it that because I couldn't come up with a better name. All right. Are y'all okay today? Y'all like y'all, y'all all serious. It's not that cold outside. Jeremiah chapter 6. When you get there, say, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't you know? All right, here we go. Jeremiah 6. For you guys who don't have your Bible, we're going to let you cheat. All right, here we go. Verse 16, I'm reading from the NIV. It says this, it says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads. Somebody say crossroads. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. One more time. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. It's key to underline that word rest there for your souls. 
So listen, for the past few months, I, I've felt, the reason I'm reading this today, is I have felt, and, and just some leaders that are here, we really feel like we're at a crossroad uh, of sorts, okay? By crossroads, I simply mean this, that we as a church are at a place where we need to make a decision of how we're going to go forward. We need to, once again, I stress, we as a church need to choose what direction we're going to take as we move forward with God. And so, you know, you may be sitting and go, okay, what direction is that? I actually want to answer that with another passage of Scripture. We'll throw it up on the screen here. It's Matthew 22. In my opinion, the decision or the choice that we need to make centers around basically the heart of this passage of Scripture. And I'm reading this from the Message Bible, so it's a little bit different. But it says this in verse 1. It says that Jesus responded by telling still more stories. In other words, he told parables. He said this, God's kingdom, he said, is like a king who threw a wedding banquet for his son. To kind of get ahead of ourselves for a moment, the king is who? It's God the Father. Who's the son? We know it's Jesus. And obviously we know the wedding banquet. Basically when all this thing wraps up, we know that there's a wedding feast waiting for those who are the bride of Christ, right? All right, so he says, God's kingdom, he said, is like a king who threw a wedding banquet for his sons. He sent out servants to call in all the invited guests. And they wouldn't come. Says he sent out another round of service instructing them to tell the guests, look, everything is on the table. This is my favorite part. The prime rib is ready for carving. Listen, for a fellow from Alabama, now you're talking Jesus, right? All right, here we go. Says the prime rib is ready for carving. Come to the feast. And watch this. It says, it says this. They only shrugged their shoulders and they went off. And if you continue reading, it says basically that they made a bunch of excuses. And then it says this in verse 8. It says, Then he told his servants, We have a wedding banquet all prepared, but no guest. says, The ones I invited weren't up to it. Go out into the busiest intersections in town and invite anyone you find to the banquet. And he says this, The servants went out to the streets and rounded up everyone they laid eyes on. Notice, good and bad. Good and bad. And bad, regardless, right? And it says, and so the banquet was on. Prime rib was ready, right? And it says this. Notice the last three words there. Every place filled. Every place filled. Now, once again, to put this in context, here's God the Father saying that he has invited who? Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Israelites. He's talking to the Jews of that day. And he's saying basically that he invited them to come into the kingdom of God through Jesus. But what they do? They rejected Jesus. And so... How they reject Jesus, they refuse to come to the wedding in the parable. So what did God do in response to that? Is he did what? Is he, he sent out his servants once again to go find who? The Gentiles, the non-Jews, those who found her in what Jesus said, the busiest intersections in town to come into the kingdom through who? Through Jesus. So that means this, okay? It's simple that if you are a believer in this place, if you're a follower of Christ, basically through your faith in Jesus, guess what? You have a seat at the banquet feast. That's great news, isn't it? So, but, but here's, the, here's the thought, and I'll actually tell you where this thought really hit me. It is If you were here last week, I was in Brother Miguel's house, and uh, a, a guy that used to be a youth leader with us, uh, yeah, in Mexico, and uh, sitting in this little hut in church, and there's about 25 of us crammed in this room, shoulder to shoulder, worshiping Jesus, and, and a young guy that used to be with us in North Carolina preached on this passage. And when he, said, when he said this next part, it so got my attention. I went, man, that's where we're at. That's the crossroad. So, so here's the thought that I've been having as we stand once again at that crossroad that Jeremiah talked about. 
on, on one hand, you and I, we can sit back and we can be really thankful that you and I have a place at the wedding feast. But, you know, if I can maybe say it this way, to kind of bring it to where we are as a church, we can be thankful that most Sunday mornings that this place is filled. That's pretty cool, right? Three years ago, it was not, right? And Jesus has done incredible things here. Week after week, man, the, you know, God fills the house, and, you know, it, it's him. It's definitely not us. But, but here's the decision that we got to make, and here's the question I've been asking. Here's what uh, Marcus, my friend, said in, in that, basically that little hut there. He said this, how can we make more room or, or more seats available? How can we do that, right? And, and it's, it's this, how can we make more room at the table? What do you think about that day? As, as a church and as the leader, I've been, th- been asking God, how can we make more room at the table? That basically, when he read that, gave me a language for my prayer that I've been praying for a while. It just brought it into a little synopsis. So here's kind of the heart of this, is I believe that, you know, we can sit back and we can remain comfortable and, and we can be, you know, happy that we have a seat at the table. Or we can decide to put ourselves in a spot where we're a little uncomfortable so we can make room for others to come in, right? But because, because here's the truth. Most people don't like change. Can I get an amen? Okay. It, it is, you know, scientifically proven. You throw that in there because it makes it sound smarter. It's... Uh, <laughs> That people don't change unless they see a benefit in it for themselves. And I think when, when it comes to the kingdom and talking about God's kingdom, we have to remember it's not ever about ourselves. Amen. In other words, there's this, there's this core scripture that convicts me to the bone, keeps me motivated in areas that I typically don't want to be motivated. And that's Mark 10.45 where it says, For the Son of Man came to serve not to be served but to give his life as a ransom for many and my thought that I always come back to and you've heard me say it before is that when when I when I lose the attitude of a servant or the attitude of putting people before myself at that moment that's when I think I'm greater than the king of kings because even Jesus didn't put himself above any of us when he came am I making sense and so there's, this, so there's this core thing that's got to be in us is how can we give our life as a ransom for people around us because we're called to follow his example. Is that true? And so anyway, so kind of put that in your head. I wouldn't plan on saying that. Just throw it in there. All right, here we go. So, but, but listen, I think if, if we continue to go in the direction that we've went for the past few years and just kind of keep doing what we're doing, what we're going to do is we're just going to plateau and we're going to maintain and, and let me kind of give you just what they talk about in, in the church world uh, as far as church leaders. They say repeatedly that you'll never outgrow 80% of your seating capacity. We're so there. And we've been there for a while. And so what they say is, is basically that when you get to that spot, what happens is, is you, you just start cycling people through. Right? Some people stick, some people roll out. Oh, people that uh, were there, they roll out, but you never, really, you never really move forward. In other words, what they're saying is, is you never create more seats at the table. Yeah? And, and so I think, you know, once again, the question is, is for us in this church, will we, will we basically, will we decide to go down a path less traveled? Does that make sense? You, you know, I, I feel like personally in my life, man, it's, it's uh, I, here, I'll just say it. Jesus came to say, I'm, I'm kind of taking a rabbit trail here, but Jesus came to say basically that, that the way to heaven is what? 
narrow. And the way to destruction is broad. And, you know, so as believers, I think we, we're kind of used to going down the path less traveled. We should be, <laughs> because we're, we're going down the narrow way, right? And there's not a whole lot of people going the narrow way. And, you know, I, I'll just say this. You know, when we were in Mexico, you saw a picture of us last week. If you were here, you saw us uh, hiking down a trail. There weren't a lot of people going down that trail. There was only five houses down there. But, but it's like if you want to go where the kingdom's moving sometimes, you've got to go down the path less traveled. Amen? You've you got to follow where God's leading. So anyways, here's kind of what I'm talking about. And, and I'm going to give it to you in broad, and then I'm going to give it to you in small. Is that we as a leadership team, and really we as a church, we've got to make a decision if we're going to go two services or not. And the truth is, is that's going to cause a, a lot of things to change in a lot of uh, uncomfortable spots. And, and so, you know, just kind of set out, just so you know what's in my head, and we'll kind of move forward here, kind of getting ahead of myself. But uh, we are 10, week, 10 weeks away from Easter. And so in my head currently, what the plan is, is we're going to try two services for Easter. All right? So we'll do, we'll, we'll tell you the times. I, I'm thinking in my head right now. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Let me make sure. see. <laughs> I got it in my head, but let me make sure later so everybody doesn't get mad at me later. So, uh, anyways, so, so, so to, go that, to go that week, let's see how it goes, and then we're going to make a decision. And, and, and I'll say this, you know, listen, we're not a church that is built around, hey, let's vote. It's not how we're set up. It's not really Bible to do it that way either, by the way. So, so, so but, but in essence, we do vote by our uh, time, energy, effort, and our engagement. And, and, if, and if, you know, I can get up here all day long and say, hey, we're going to do this, but unless you guys go with me, then we're not going. Be- because the last time I checked, I'm only one guy, and I can't preach and run a children's ministry class at the same time. And God knows I can't sing. Uh, my kids and my wife tell me repeatedly, I'm not bitter or broken, I'm just telling facts. Anyway, so... So anyways, so that's kind of where we're at, guys. You know, listen, in my, in my heart, I don't really know another way to create more seats. We could expand the building, but it's a whole lot cheaper to go to services. All right. Can you all smile at me, please? So, so listen, kind of as we're praying, I'm kind of putting my confidence in a verse here. It's Jeremiah 33.3. Let, let me show you this verse. Kind of while we're praying, here's what I'm believing God for. He said this. He said, call to me and I will answer you. Isn't that a good thing? He said, man, if you pray, I'll talk to you. And he said this, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you can never figure out on your own. Man, that's where we live at that end. Man, things that we can never figure out on our own. And, uh, you, you know, I am really open to whatever God has to say for us. Yeah? But, but my prayers is that God will speak to us. And uh, once again, it does no good if he just talks to me. Amen? Can y'all smile at me? Y'all are looking like, yeah, smile. It's okay. Amen. I didn't say, you know, I was leaving or anything. You know, hey, that'd be a reason to cry. I'd cry. <laughs> Let me show you one more verse. It's actually lengthy, and this is really where I want to focus today. As I pray, this is kind of the verse that keeps coming to my heart, and I just want to give you a picture of what I believe things are going to look like. Let's look at Luke chapter 5, please. Luke chapter 5. If you have your Bible, it's a great place to turn. Man, there's so much good stuff. There's a, if you're a preacher in the house, there's a lot of good preaching material out of this chapter. Y'all there? Awesome. Look at verse 1. 
says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the Sea of Galilee. Yours may say the Lake of Genesaret. It says in verse 2, it says, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Somebody say nets. That's huge here. It says, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. We know that's Simon Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. In other words, there were so many people, they almost backed him up to the edge of the lake. And he had to go stand in the boat just so he could actually preach to them, okay? Then it says in verse 4, it says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Verse 6 says, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Verse 7 says, So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. It says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9 says, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. That was his partners. It says, who were partners with Simon? And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Y'all don't miss this. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Incredible passage of scripture, right? So, so watch this. So in light of everything that we're talking about here, okay, I want you to think about these things. History tells us that Simon, Simon Peter, was one of the top fishermen basically in his area. So by the, by the fact that here's one of the top fishermen in the area, this guy was a leader, all right? So I'm looking at this scripture from a leadership perspective, but he says this. Basically, we'll say this. In spite of Peter's leadership ability, in spite of his superior training, his superior knowledge as a fisherman, he just said that he spent an extremely long night fishing, and what happened? He caught nothing, right? And in fact, when Peter said this, he said that we have toiled all night. The word toiled actually means, this is what he was telling Jesus, that, that they are, have worked so hard that they were tired on the inside and the outside. That's pretty tired, right? And then when he said this, when he told Jesus that they caught nothing, it actually means in the Greek language, he said, Jesus, we keep scraping the bottom again and again and again of this ocean, and we keep coming up empty. Y'all getting the picture? So, in my opinion, basically like Peter, every leader has found themselves in that spot uh, probably more than once in their life, right? Where, in other words, where they're tired on the inside and tired on the outside. And typically what that means is, is basically all their efforts that they're giving, guess what? Nothing's changing. It's not bearing more fruit, right? And so, am I making sense to you guys? And so what happens is, is one day Jesus comes along and he basically begins to talk to him. Now, now as he did with Peter, but, but here's what I want you to understand. It doesn't mean that in spite of all the successful fishing trips that Peter had, that he was somehow now a failure. Just like with all these leaders who have bore great fruit years after years after years, and all of a sudden they keep coming up empty. It doesn't mean they're a failure, but what it means is, is this, is that it means that because of their success, God can now trust them with a divine shift in their life. Am I making sense? In other words, that there's a shift of favor. What I mean by shift of favor is what happens is, is God's favor was on Peter for this moment, and now he's trying to bring a change in his life because the favor is actually moving to this area. And if he stays here, the favor will not remain on him because the favor is moving. Am I making sense? 
And so what happens is, is once again, not because he failed, but because he was successful, God was trusting with a greater measure. He was trusting with a, a greater assignment. He was trusting him with a greater vision than what he had before. Now, I believe personally that when, when Jesus came and he said, hey, man, you know, launch out into the deep, which actually means to throw oneself in with great vigor, right, great energy, basically, and do what? And let down your nets for a catch. I believe he was trying to give Peter a new vision for his life. Once again, the favor shift was happening. And then it goes on and it says this, or let me maybe say this. God does that not just with leaders, but he does that with every single person at some, some form or fashion, some crossroad in your life. But, but I think all of us have the potential, just like Peter, is at that point when God's trying to bring a favor shift that we could get hung up on several things. You know, I think Peter could have easily did this, and this is what gets us in trouble a lot of times, is we, we start, we start be, basically being led more by our heads than we are by our spirits. Y'all follow me? And it's almost, you know, cheesy. I know this is super cheesy, but it's almost like we're like this. Instead of letting the Spirit of God speak to us and we're following Him, right? And we get so, in it, and it's basically what I got to figure out, what I got to think. I got to know the answers. I got to figure out A to Z. And, and basically, I'll say this. If, you, if you're going to be, uh, we kind of talked about this small group the other night. But, but if, if you're going to be a risk taker for God, if you're going to live by faith, you can't live out of here. Because most of the time, just like in this story, when uh, God calls you to do something by faith, it's not going to make sense here at all, right? And so if you continue to be led by this, you'll never move with God. In fact, the late John Wimber, who, you know, started the Vineyard Movement, he said this, basically, that you spell faith, R-I-S-K, risk. It's so true, right? And so, you know, it could be simple as this. We mentioned this the other night, but it could be simple as basically, you know, whatever, you're in town, you're, you're, you're wherever, you're at work, and God says, hey, go tell that person about me. Hey, go pray for that person. At that moment, you can, you can uh, say, uh, fear is going to keep me stuck, or I'm going to have faith to believe that that was God, and I'm going to take a step out, and I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to tell this person about Jesus. That's a small thing, okay? When, when you go, okay, we're, we're as a body of church, we're going to move this way, there's a big risk involved in that. Yes? So, so, so we can either be led by our head or we can lead by our spirit. Or we can do, you know, once again, Peter could have got caught up in the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? We, we all do that. And we start analyzing things and overthinking everything too much. Or he could have did this. He could have tripped over the fact that Jesus was a carpenter, not a fisherman. And so get that. Here's a carpenter trying to tell me, one of the best fishermen in this area, how I'm supposed to fish. Let me, let me maybe put this in perspective, okay? I'm one of those people that can hardly swing a hammer, all right, uh, unfortunately. And, and, you know, we got some really good carpenters in the house today. If, if I showed up at your job site and I said, no, 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 here's how you need to do this, you would look at me and be like, idiot, <laughs> you need to move on, right? You, and and so, so kind of put that in perspective uh, of, you know, or even let me do this. Let, let me, let's say you're doing some project at your home, and let's say you got a little kid at home. Or you got a grandson, a granddaughter, and they try to tell you how to do it. That's kind of what we're talking about here, right? So another thing I think is this, is basically Peter could have struggled with the potential of what? That, man, I've never done it like this before, right? There's something, there's something really scary about leaving our comfort zone in life, yes? Can I get an amen on that? So, you know, or I think this... 
you know, a lot of people, you know, basically they look at their lives and they go, man, I'm too tired, I'm too busy. And, and then they, what happens is, is stuff begins to talk about when change is on the, on the horizon. And they think, man, I'm being asked to do something else. Right? Peter could have said there, man, I've already worked hard all night and you're going to ask me to do something else? Right? And, and then, or, or it's kind of this, I think he could have, he could have wrestled with the fact, and, and this is where I sit on this thing. Man, what are people going to say or think? That's my battle. You, you know, the, the battle is this, is, man, can, can, can you imagine if I turn around and I throw myself in with vigor and I launch out into the deep and it doesn't work? Man, that can be pretty embarrassing, right? And so basically, you know, Peter could have easily sat back in the boat and basically let fear and doubt paralyze him. Am I making sense, you guys? So obviously we know, because we just read the story, we have the benefit, right? We didn't live it. We can read the story from a... Great view here, but obviously Peter didn't respond like that. Obviously, he responded like what? He said, look, dude, I might be tired, but nevertheless, it's your word. I'll launch out in the deep, and I'll let down my net. Right? And, and so, you know, to me, that is, that is uh, simple faith. you got to understand, this is before. Peter was not following Jesus yet. In fact, history tells us basically that he was just simply watching Jesus from a distance. And so, uh, you know, here he is, innocent day. He's just been fishing. He's tired, and he's had that, uh, you know, there's, there's some fishermen actually in the room. It's, it's like when you come back, and you're like, man, we've been working hard all day, and now we've got to clean our nets, man. Let's kind of get this job over with so we can go to the house and eat some prime rib. <laughs> right? Amen. That was a hint. So, anyways, but, but here's the cool part. Because of Simon Peter's submission, don't miss these words. We miss them a lot in church because of his submission and his obedience to the words of Jesus. It made a way for him to catch a great number of fish, so much so that the net was breaking. I would dare to say this, that, that there were so many fish in that net that Peter had never caught that many fish at one time before. But there's something about, and I've told you guys this a hundred times if I told you once. Once again, when you do it God's way, you get God's results. When you do it your way, you get your results. And there was something about that day that he spent all day long doing it his way. And then he had one opportunity to do it God's way. And immediately you could tell the difference. Right? And so what happens is, is obviously, you know, his net was breaking. And what does the Bible say? It said that Simon called for his partners. I, that's probably my... One of my favorite parts of this passage of Scripture, the word partner there is actually the Greek word that's koinonia that means he called for his community. His community. That's what we are, guys. We are a community. Yes? And so what did he? So he called for his community to come help him. And, and, and don't miss this. It says that there were so many fish in that net that it completely filled up both of the boats. Not just Peter's. But both of the boats. And, and so what's so cool about this is, is that Simon or Peter's obedience, uh, you know, not only was he blessed, but the whole community around him that gathered to help was blessed as well. Watch this. Because I think, I think in our heads sometimes that we do this. We go, man, if I, um, here I'll say, I'll say it this way. The number one reason we have people that say that they don't want to volunteer in children's is here's the number one reason. They say, well, we don't want to miss service. I've heard that so many times since I've been here in three years, and I get that, okay? But, but I think if you can grab anything from that passage there, it's to understand that when you put your hand to whatever God calls you to put your hand to, guess what? Even if you're not sitting up here, you're going to be blessed. You know, the, the truth is, can I be honest with you all? I guarantee you when you crack open that little book to teach children, 
the Holy Spirit will come and teach you greater things than you'll ever teach those kids. And, and the truth is that where you're afraid you're going to miss something and you're not going to grow, the truth is, is you'll probably grow more than what you would if you were sitting in here. Amen? Amen. That's truth. So even in this sense, I think that even though it's more effort and all those things, you, you'll actually, because once again, you're, you're in uh, agreement with God, refreshing comes on your life. And so watch this. When we get to this point, I want you to notice something that, that obviously called for its partners. They came and helped. But it wasn't until the very end did, did Jesus really release to him, uh, release to Peter and John and James their true vision uh, for the next season of their life. Notice what he said. He said, do not be afraid. From now on, you will do what? You'll catch men. In other words, that's great. You got all this knowledge how to catch some big fish. But guess what, man? I've called you. There's a divine shift happening in your life. From now on, you're going to go catch men. Amen? So what did they do? What was their response as they forsook everything and, and they followed him? And, and I think what's so incredible about that is, you know, we look at that, I think, a lot of times really uh, like, like lightly, like, okay, whatever, man, he left fishing, he hung out with Jesus. What a great deal. But, but I think in the sense of this, uh, it was clear that their fathers were fishermen, <laughs> Right, And so they were, in essence, leaving the comfort of family. And then when they let down their nets, once again, these guys were known as fishermen in the area. They were actually from Bethsaida, which is actually the house of fish. So the area that they lived in, who they were, all of that matched to go follow this Galilean that was a carpenter. Right, And, uh, and so, anyways, the point is, is this, is that when they let down all that stuff, man, they dropped their identity, they dropped down their comfort zone, everything that ever made them any money, all of those things. And we know Peter was married. We know, you, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that was going on there. Uh, so it wasn't just some flippant thing. There was great sacrifice in what they did. Yes? So here's where I kind of maybe want to take a second, and I want to turn our attention to us for a second. Let me remind you of a verse today, Matthew 4, 19. Most of us in this room could probably quote it. But it says this, as in he is talking about Jesus, said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hold that right there. I believe that that scripture that we've read for years was basically like this, that there's Peter and the gang and Jesus rolled by and said, come follow me, I'll make fishers of men. They just got up and walked with him. That's not accurate. Okay, you can read John 135 and all this. And I think that scripture correlates with what this passage of basically what happened. It's just basically Matthew's response versus to Luke's response of how they wrote it. But what happens is, is Peter actually saw Jesus for who he really was. And then he said, come follow me. And I'll show you basically to be fishermen and I'll make you that, right? And so I guess the question for us today, once again, is maybe where's Jesus leading you? If he, want, if he wants you to follow him, where is he leading you? Because he's leading all of us, right? He's leading us as a corporate unit, but he's also leading us as individuals. Do you believe that? And in the process of that, he is trying to release to you your destiny, your calling, your purpose, and the bigger picture. If, if, we, if we think for a moment that our life is just centered around us, once again, we're missing it. I, I want to say it again. I prayed, for, I prayed at the beginning, but our lives are you know, intricately connected with one another. If we like it or not, it is. Yes? And, and, you know, the truth is, is if we isolate ourselves, we're really missing out on the bigger picture and the will of God for our lives. Great place to say amen.
So, so watch this. So he says, he will make you fishers of men. What's he talking about? What's the men? Basically, he'll make you someone that's your soul winner. Every person is called to be a soul winner. Don't shout me down. Every person is called to be a soul winner, all right? So, so in my opinion, watch this. Let me see if I can make this really practical um, to bring it to us. Okay, so God, obviously God has gathered you to this house, okay? And I believe, y'all can maybe disagree with me, but, but I don't believe that he calls us here just to kind of sit and just sit and just sit and just sit and sit. Uh, you, you know, there's a... <laughs> that's so bad. All right. There's my friend sent me one day. Uh, y'all know what a GIF is? Yeah. All right, for you youngsters in here, you kiddos. Uh, a GIF is basically like a simple picture that kind of keeps replaying back. Anyway, so so my friend sent me a picture, and it had to do with something else. It had like when your cell phone is like charged all the way, but you keep it plugged in. Okay. But anyways, it showed this kid from a foreign country that was uh, obese. Okay, I, I probably shouldn't say this. But he had like a Twinkie in one hand and another piece of candy in the other hand. And he's just like, can't decide which one he wants, right? And it's clearly my man's had enough, right? (laughs) And so the point is, it's like almost like, man, that's such a picture of the church. You know, where do I want to go to church today? Who do I want us to preach today? What worship do I want to worship today? And we're doing nothing, so we're just obese. Am I making sense? And so, listen, the, the things that God puts in you, you, you have a natural response. I can't, man, I, look, y'all have a nat- natural response. When you go home today and you eat that prime rib, okay, guess what? What you put in is supposed to come out of you, all right? Am I, am I making sense? It's supposed to come out of you. Um, so, listen, some of us have been spiritually constipated for so long <laughs> Because we keep sitting in church and we keep putting stuff in and in and in and nothing's ever coming out of you. And you wonder why you're really miserable and you're like, Jesus, is this all there is? If, if you would actually begin to get a spiritual movement and, and actually begin to, begin to do what God's called you to do, you'd be blown away by what he'll do through you. Amen? All right. So every time you go to the bathroom, I want you to remember that, all right? So, so all right, so let's, let's kind of get on, get on task here. So here's the way I view this scripture, all right, is, is I believe that God has called, not Quentin and Jim, but he's called the Anchor Church, that he's given us such a big vision that uh, if one or two or three people try to do it all on their own, guess what? The net's going to break. And, and, here's, and here's the concern about if Peter's in the boat and, and the net's breaking. What happens if the net breaks? He loses all of those fish. And so if, this, if the job here depends on a few of us, why everybody else? Right? And guess what happens? We're going to lose a lot of souls. Right? And, and if maybe if you can even see it this way, because this is I'm a visually, you know, I'm a visual learner. So if you can imagine, basically, if we were drawing a net here, right, real simple net, and when people basically go, ah, I think I'm okay to sit in my seat and just keep receiving, and go ahead and erase one of those squares, go and erase one of those, and one of those, and if we had basically our net, and, you know, after a while, man, we got so many holes in it, 
How many people, how many, people, how many fish are we going to lose? L- listen, there, there's not a fisherman that banks their life on what they're called to do, and, and they go fishing with holes in their net. Right? Look, look, I am as amateur as amateur gets as a fisherman, right? And I've caught a few big bass, a few. If, if, if we would have did that and I'd watched that fish fall through that net, I'd probably cried. <laughs> I've worked hard for that thing. Not that good. I mean, it's like, I'm just not that good. But, but, I, but here, watch this. My, my concern is, is if we keep going like we're going and people keep processing and cycling through, they're just falling through the hole in the net. Yeah? Let, like, let, let, me, let me give it to you in real time. If somebody comes through that door and they're not really greeted with the love of God, in fact, somebody offends them and somebody judges them and says something, do you think they're going to come back? No. no. Okay, you know, I, I heard the thing one time, they said this, basically that the gospel basically is offensive enough, right? So as a church, we got to make sure that everything else isn't. Does that make sense? So or what happens if this, let's say a family with five kids shows up and they go downstairs and we go, hey man, we, we, we got to close class today because we don't have a teacher. Do they, are they really going to come back? Probably not. Am I making sense? And so I, I just, I just, you know, once again, I, I'm really hesitant to talk about these things because I can't stand manipulation, and I don't want this to come off as some emotional pill and manipulation. I really want us just to follow Jesus. But, but there's this side of this that, that for me personally, I don't want to be a hole in the net. Yeah? So, so anyways, all I'm doing today is what Peter did. I'm just calling for the community. That's it. And I'm, and I'm asking you guys to to help us strengthen our net. Amen? We've basically been doing some surveying of our current situation and basically looking at our volunteer, the number of volunteers we have. And we are currently at like, I think it's a a little bit under, now it's a little bit under 80% of our positions filled. 80%, okay? If we go to two services, right, uh, just look and say even at Easter, if we did that, then we're rolling at a little bit under 40%. Well, you can't go to two services at 39%. It's impossible, right? So, so in essence, I'm saying this. It is impossible to create more seats at the table, right? It's impossible to catch more fish at 39% or even at 79%. It's impossible. And we'll keep reaching our capacity. So the truth is, I'll give it to you like this. I'll give, it to you. I'll give it to you grown up, all right? At Thanksgiving this past year, I, I kind of woke up that morning. Kat may disagree with this, but, but I woke up with this on that morning. And, and I said, you know what, today I, I actually want to help. I don't want to just sit there and watch football. Okay? <laughs> that sounds so bad. Um, I was like, so I spent like half the day studying, and we, we and I was kind of doing that while we were watching football too. And anyways, but but I said, hey, Kat, can I can I peel the potatoes? Yeah, okay. So so Cat is my mother-in-law that lives with us. Okay, all right. So and and so anyways, Jen is my wife. Cat's my mother-in-law. <laughs> but Cat cooks in our house, and so there we go. So. Um, so I said, hey, can I do that? And obviously she was happy because that's something she didn't have to do. And I get to go there and peel potatoes. Do you think I really wanted to peel potatoes? Did I feel called to peel, uh, peel potatoes? 
I did not wake up and hear the Lord say, Quentin, peel the potatoes. <laughs> yes, Lord, <laughs> right? I just said, hey, you know, I, I looked and I, and I know my limitations and I think I could peel a potato. <laughs> so I peel potatoes. And so and my point is, is this, is sometimes in church, it, if we're really family, then we got to look around and go, hey, man, sometimes family got to do things family don't want to do because the family needs us. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's that, you know, if you can imagine that this Thanksgiving morning and everybody's just got to carry their load. Right. It's really that simple. And so anyways, let me give you three things here of when I come and I got to hustle up. I've already went way longer than I planned on. When I begin to reassess some things of where we're at, let me tell you what I see around here. OK, and we're going to throw up three things here. I personally see unfinished ministry. OK. Next thing I see is I see an unfinished building. And third thing I see is an unfinished mission. So, and, and if I can maybe sum all that up, it, it is this. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 2 that I must be about my father's business. If I could sum it up, I see unfinished business. That every empty seat is an unfinished business. That every classroom that's not done downstairs is unfinished business. Because it's the king's, Right? So, so to kind of understand here, unfinished ministry is, is part of what we're called to do is help people find their spot, right? And, and, to, and equip them to do what they're called to do. Unfinished, and there's more to this. I just got to hurry. Unfinished building is simply this, that upstairs we're doing all right. But guys, we bought a building that wasn't made to be a church. It was made to be a restaurant. Now, God blessed us with this place, and this is definitely where God wants us, no doubt. Um, I wrestled with that greatly, and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and I know we got what we got, and it's from God. And so, but to make it function the way we need it to function, we need to do a lot of work. And that costs money, and I'm going to be, I'm going to shoot straight with you. We could take all of our money that we've been a really good steward with and saving up and, and pay somebody else and get a quarter of the work done, or we can do it ourselves and we can do a whole lot more and make it stretch like crazy. Right? I can't swing a hammer, but I can, I can, I can demolition. I do know that. Um, so, it, so I think it's just, we got to pull together, guys. That's what I'm saying. And, and so it, it is it's, it is simple as this. Um, you know, downstairs is so out of whack. And here's the way I try to look at things. How would I want it for my kids? Right? We should want it that way for all the kids. I think when kids come here, they should go, Mom, Dad, we want to come back. Right? And so, and so there's a lot of work that needs to be downstairs to make things appealing to kids. And let, let me even say this. You go, so many people go, well, that's just a building. It's ministry. Listen, when Samuel went to go anoint David as king, we know he stood there and he looked at David's older brother and he said, Wow, that's the guy. Right? And, and God said, that's not the one. And we learned a great lesson about us as people in this. Notice God spoke to Samuel and he said, man looks at the outward appearance. Isn't that so true? Kids too. Right? We judge things by the way they look. And then it says, but God looks at the heart. Thank God for that. Right? But, but guess what? People are coming here, and it's our job to make sure our building is actually something that's attractive. Can I get an amen, please? Yes. 
So, so anyway, so all of this kind of goes to unfinished mission. I, I'll say this. There's a, there's a reason. Locked up inside of here, there's, there's enough vision for 30 years around here. Easy. Easy. Why do I not talk about it? My wife gets frustrated with me because I don't talk about it. Because we don't have step one really done. So why talk about it? Right? And, and so until home base is taken care of, how can we do those other things? So I'm asking y'all to help home base get going. Okay? Yeah. So let me, let me kind of say a few more things and we'll be done. All right. So three years ago, also Jen and I came. God called us here. That was a risk. That was launching out into the deep. God knows for sure. And we rolled up in here, and, and it was what it was, right? It, it, was, it was not a good situation. God has done, I, I'll just say it this way, there, there wasn't unity. I'll just leave it as that. And God has done some incredible things in three years right? Where, where I go, man, I feel pretty good about our unity. But I feel really prompted by the Lord to tell us that we need to protect that unity. And so I'm going to say this, and there's certain people that I am, you know, that I want to hear this, but I want all of us to hear it, is I just want to say this. Watch our words. Um, it's amazing by what we say from our words where we think we're given a good idea or maybe our preference, and at the end of the day, that thing uh, causes disunity. So please make sure you're hearing from the Lord and you're speaking by the Spirit, not your head, before you go talking. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we got to protect unity. And, and another thing I want to say is this, is, is I've spent ample amount of time, we've spent ample amount of time talking about that we're a family. Twice this week, I've had somebody tell me that uh, how hurt they were and how disappointed they were that something happened in their life and no one from the church contacted them except me. And then one of the per- people said you and another person contacted me. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back because I know there's plenty of people that I haven't contacted, okay? But I am saying this. If we're, if we're really going to be family around here, pay attention to the Holy Ghost when you bring somebody up to you and you haven't seen that person in a while or maybe they're just on your heart. Because, li- listen, um, we don't want to hurt people, right? We want people to know we love them and we care for them. And so if God brings something up in your heart, respond, I'll tell you where it happens to me most of the time. I'm praying, and a person will come up, and instead of just kind of keep on praying, I typically write the name down, or I'll stop what I'm doing, and I'll send a text. And, uh, because I know that it's the Lord trying to remind me of something that I typically wouldn't see. And I know we're all busy, and we all get running, and we all try to take care of our own families, but other people need us too. Right. Amen? Amen. Some people don't care about those things. Some people do. I'm the kind of person, if I'm sick, I tell Jen, leave me alone, okay? Uh, I had heart surgery years ago, and when the pastor showed up, and I just wish he wouldn't have showed up because I want to be left alone. But everybody's not like that, okay? So if something happens to me, send me flowers. Anyway, so um, <laughs> call me. Anyways, so let me, let me maybe give you another thing that's going to happen here, okay? Uh, another thing that kind of stirred in my heart while we were in Mexico is this, is that I realized that, you know, part of what Jen and I are called to do, God sends us places that are out of order to basically to put them in order to bring unity. He's done that here. But I also realized that, that the other side of my anointing on my life is to help people discover their giftings and then help them develop. Okay? And so we've done the first part, but we haven't really done the second part. 
And, and so I'm just saying this. I, the thing that I feel really impressed by the Lord is for you guys that have a desire to preach around here, um, we're going to start making room for you. And we're going to do that in some creative ways. Everybody's not going to get a full service. You might get five minutes. You might get ten minutes. But we're going to give you an opportunity. Okay? And, and I'm saying that to, for you guys for one reason. As a family, it's our job to cheer them on. Because somebody might get up here and they might not do great. Or they might knock it out of the ballpark. And I want us to cheer just the same. Like, if you go to a t-ball game, little Johnny strikes out on the t-ball. Yay, Johnny! Okay? I want us to yay, Johnny. All right? Because I want us to encourage folks, okay? Yeah, I just want to help people discover that piece. That's what I'm called to do. Let's help people, right? And so, um, so I, you know, I, let me say it this way. I don't feel like I have to be up here every week. So let's give some people some opportunities. Amen? And let's cheer them on. So, so let me maybe say this, that um, nothing that I'm saying is from a negative point. I'm trying to say God's given us an opportunity. Okay? And it's an opportunity for us to step up to the plate. We are very thankful for every person that, that uh, faithfully serves and helps us do what we do. Um, you know, we're really grateful for that. And uh, we mean that. She tends to be a little bit more positive than I, than I am. But, uh, so I want to do this. We have, we have 10 weeks before Easter, and the biggest thing is we got to cover ourselves for Easter Sunday. So I'm just going to ask a few people to kind of come up and uh, help me out here. Megan, can you go ahead and come up? If, um, if you are, come down. If you are interested in, uh, in serving in the children's department, we, des- uh, we definitely need some help. So uh, yes, that day. Uh, but obviously we'll train you, we'll help you. We're not just going to throw you in there to the lion's den. Uh, we'll, we'll help you out. So if you're interested, please and say, come down and see Megan. Uh, Angelo, can you go ahead and come? Or Miss Diane, one of the two. And uh, so if you, you want to help as a greeter, what we call here first impressions, uh, come talk to Angelo. Uh, if you are interested in helping just kind of remodel, I know we have the team, but if you're not already on it, you can come talk to her. Terry's going to come down if you're interested in doing something with sound or media. Please come talk to her. I'm running out of people here. If you want to talk to Jen about worship, you can talk to her. Ralph, come here real quick. You're, you're, you're our construction guy. So, uh, and if you want to help with ushering, Larry, come on down, please. You can talk to Larry and uh, Bill Cohen. Come down. Last one, if you are interested in kind of helping, uh, just pray for people at the end of service. That would be great. So, yep, so if you guys can, just people come to you, just get their name, and we'll contact them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person here today. Lord, I just thank you for just speaking to our hearts, God. We say yes. God, we absolutely say yes in our hearts, God, that we want to go with you. God, we're so excited for the opportunity to grow and, uh, and just continue moving forward for the kingdom. So, Lord, just thank you for speaking to people's hearts, God, that you see man that's in your heart and your will for their lives uh, to connect with us in this way and so father we just bless you thank you for everything god that you've spoken today and you've done today lord we just love you and we honor you in jesus name amen thank you for joining us today be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram for encouragement in your walk with god and to receive updates on events happening at the anchor have a great week and god bless